Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Hey, well, we, we believe that mothers are, are, are vital, are key. They make the world spin, basically. We couldn't do life without them. And uh, we're going to dive in today's message, and we call it uh, uh, Calming Down the Craziness. Uh, and, and I want to kick off with this text. It comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 33. So if you're taking notes, you can join me there, and we'll just be here for a moment. It says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So it's this idea of understanding when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, seek the kingdom above all else, the number one priority that we should have is Jesus, is, is our heavenly Father, and, and what he's done and will do in our lives. And then it's this move of practical discipleship. You'll have everything you need. Now, if I were to ask you, can life be a little crazy at times, moms? Right? Like, some of you are married and you got to deal with guys like me. My wife's like, amen, and in the back I hear. Some of you are going through some situations where it's hard and you're raising children and, and maybe you're running the kids over to uh, t-ball or maybe you're taking them to dance, gymnastics. I think in general, life is challenging if you're a mom or if you're not a mom. It's challenging in, 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 in work. It's challenging in figuring out all the time. The, it's challenging to kind of put to side the, the quality time you want with your relationships. You know, sometimes we get beat up, we get kicked around, we get messed up. There's problems, there's perils, there's issues, and life can get crazy. I mean, we've seen it this past week with some of the stuff that's happening in politics. The, the, the evil that is out there, that's sad, it's, it's crazy. And, and as a church, we will always value life. We, we don't shy away from topics. We talk about topics and see how God leads us through those topics. See, no matter where we're at, no matter what we face, life can be crazy. And today, I, I want to speak to those, not just necessarily moms, we honor you today, but also speak to those individuals who are wrestling with, with making it through the crazy times. Making it through the times where you're doubting or you're questioning, are my adult children ever going to come meet the Lord? Are my adult children ever going to turn out the way I want them to be? Are, are my children going to be raised the way I would desire them to be? Can I make it through my college decisions? Can I make it through this young dating life? Like the prospects are minimal at times, we think. And we're overwhelmed with this craziness in life. Well, there's a solution to calming down that craziness. And I want to talk to you about this big idea. It's this. In the craziness of life, choose to make Jesus the priority. Choose to make Jesus the priority. This morning, we're going to open up with a story. It's found in Luke chapter 10, but let me give you some background to where we get it. It's this story about two ladies, this lady by the name of Martha and this lady by the name of Mary. 
and their, their sisters, and we see this, this one scene in their life only one time in all the Gospels. Now, Mary and Martha, they're listed throughout the, the other Gospels in, in some different places, but this one particular event happens right here in Luke chapter 10, verses 38. It's found right after the Good Samaritan. And essentially, it's right before Jesus kicks off his Galilean ministry. And when he kicks off his Galilean ministry, he's, he's laying down the, the foundation, the bedrock, that whenever, no matter what we do, what we should present and listen to, the greatest portion of our life, it begins with receiving Jesus. So he comes to this story that Dr. Luke writes, and you can join me. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42 says this. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And as she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So we know Martha's older. We know it's Martha that's doing some of the uh, items and some of the, the work around the house. It says this in verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This morning, we're going to look at this story and talk about four observations that we gather about how to make Jesus the priority in our life. The first one is this. We need to be willing to welcome Jesus into every area of our life. Every area of our life. Now, it's very easy if you've grown up in church, I have, when you read this story, we instantly try to play what is known in our world, the bad guy and the good guy. And we look and say, yeah, Martha had it all wrong. Mary had it right. We need to be more like Mary and not like Martha. But here's the, the detail in the story. And I love details when you look at it. Who welcomed Jesus into the house? Martha. Whose house was it? Martha's. Mary would have never had the opportunity if Martha didn't do the welcoming. I think sometimes we miss that, that there's moments and in, 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 in times in our life where there's people that, for whatever way, God puts in places in our life and we have an opportunity to, to meet Jesus. See, Martha gives us this fascinating detail. See, the point is this. Martha wasn't perfect, right? Scripture said she was distracted that there was a lot going on, that she didn't give her attention to Jesus. But Jesus wasn't looking for her to be perfect. What we learned from Martha is that our opportunity, that what we should be doing, what we should be initiating, is be welcoming to Jesus. You might be in this place right now, and last night, you don't want to share with anybody in this room. Maybe this past week. Maybe you're going through something right now and you say, I am unworthy, I, am, I, I can't do it, I, I'm just not good enough to come through the doors of a church. I want to give you some, some, some little advice right here that we learned from Martha. What God is asking is that we're welcoming, not that we're perfect. What God is asking that, 
were open to say, hey, come through this door. Come to my heart. Come in my life. I want to hear what you have for me. We have to be welcoming. Growing up, uh, my family, we had this chair. It's, it's been in my family for generations. I mean, it's like real wood, not like any of that composite stuff. We've had it for a long time. Um, now, I don't know about you, but you've ever had like a, a sitting area growing up or a chair that maybe your parents never let you sit in? Anybody? Right here, you're like, like this is the nice furniture. It's only for guests, right? It's always covered. I, I tell my mom, I didn't know what this thing looked like until I left the house and came back because it was always covered with a sheet. Uh, some of you might be having that going on right now in your home. Like everything's covered in sheets and you're like, what am I sitting on? Who knows? The furniture's protected though, right? So we look at this. I mean, it's nice. It's like cool details and whatnot. And it's been in our family for a long time. Growing up, my mom gave us and instituted some really uh, uh, good wisdom and, and some rules in our house. And one of those was, guess where Blake could not sit? On this chair. So coming in, the house was in our living kind of front room. And, and there's be moments where I'd be like, man, I just want to sit there. But I knew if I sat there, guess who's yelling at me? My mom. Like, get up there. Get out of there. Sometimes in our life, we have chairs where we don't want Jesus to sit. Where we don't want Jesus to come and look at in our life. We don't want to hand him over our issues, our relationships. We say, hey, Jesus, you can have the entire house, but this one portion right here, I don't want you to sit there. For some of us in this place, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, the question is, are you welcoming Jesus into every area of your life? Are you saying, hey, Jesus, here's this chair. You can sit there. See, here's the irony of the story when it comes to my life. This chair has been in my family for generations, I think four now. It's, it's nice. It's, it's pretty. My mom... Is given it to us. Now I can sit in it anytime I want. <laughs> See, we have to be willing to welcome Jesus into any area of our life. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, be willing. I love what the poet Psalm, I love what the poet David said in Psalms 27, 4. He says this, one thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. We've got to be welcoming, church. Jesus, I'm not perfect, but I'm going to welcome you. Mother's Day, here's a fun fact. It's one of the highest attended services, Sunday morning services in the entire nation. People, hey, they love their moms. Mom wants them to come to church, so they go. But you know what's on the contrary of that? Father's Day. Now, I'm not going to be a, up here making Mother's Day about fathers or anything like that. I don't, I don't want to get in trouble. But I would say this. There's someone in this room that needs to hear this. And I was wrestling with it when I was even back there watching Pastor Steph sing. Is, is really this simple There's people in your life 
Maybe you're in a relationship, you're married to a non-believer, and you're struggling, and you're saying, I wish they would get it, I wish they would have a relationship with Jesus. The greatest thing you can do is wake up and welcome Jesus. Maybe it's being consistent in your devotional, your Bible reading. Maybe it's being consistent. They don't want to come to church, but you're showing up to church. Maybe it's being consistent and saying, no matter what kind of response you receive, you're going to react in a healthy way. See, when it comes to giving Jesus over every part of our life, making him the priority of our life, it's it's coming to this understanding that, hey, I'm going to be disciplined to help and to lead and to guide and to move through life pursuing him by welcoming him. Because when you welcome him, others' lives are changed. You might not see it tomorrow. You might not see it a month from now, a couple years from now. But no, you're giving people an opportunity. Number two, how we make Jesus our priority is this. Stay within close proximity of Jesus. Stay within close proximity of Jesus. When something or someone is close to you, when, when they're in that proximity, that means they're of value and of importance. I, I love what Oswald Chambers says this, your priorities must first, must be God first, God second, God third, until your life is continually face to face with God. I wanna illustrate it this way. Um, again, I can't, it's Mother's Day, so I thought I'd have her come on back out. But if, when I think of the most valuable relationships in my life, I can't help but think of my wife. Now, here's the thing. When we're this close, nothing's really getting in between us. But this is what can happen whenever I'm this far. Some more things getting in between us. A golf bag can slide in. Nice pair of shoes can slide in. Other people can slide in. When I get further away, I'm like giving our media team probably a, a heart attack right now because I didn't tell them I'm doing this. But like we, we, there, there's more stuff that can get in the way. The point is this. If you don't want anything to disrupt your relationship with Jesus, you have to live within proximity of who he is. Now that's just not like, uh, thanks, darling. That's just not, that's just not, right here in the physical, but that's also in our thinking. That's just not saying, hey, you know what? I, I love Jesus on the first Sunday of every month, and I'm going to call it good. It's saying, no, I, I got to be there. I got to be at his feet. I got to be willing to live in proximity. I got to be willing to say, hey, I'm right here. He's right here. We're in step. We're walking together. I've counseled and talked with many people, and the issue isn't necessarily that something polarizing happened in their life, but they gradually took steps away. They quit thinking about their loved ones. They quit engaging. It doesn't just happen, hey, I'm not going to come to church anymore. It says, hey, you know what? I'm just not going to come this Sunday. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, know that it is of importance to live within proximity of our most valued relationship. Look what happens. It says, and she, her sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. This is polarizing at this time. Women weren't first allowed to really be in the presence of a rabbi. Secondly, Jesus welcomed her and said, hey, you might not fit the stereotype, but I want you here. And then thirdly, she's sitting there and she's listening. She's in proximity. She saw who was of value. 
She's wise. See, proximity eliminates space for distraction. Proximity eliminates uh, 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 moments where things can get skewed. Proximity gives accountability. Proximity gives relationship opportunities. Proximity helps us listen. Proximity brings wisdom. Jesus says this, Luke 6, 47, verse 48, about a wise individual. It says, everyone who comes to me, that's what Mary did. Everyone who hears my words, that's what Mary did. And everyone who does them, I will show you what he looks like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, meaning the trials and the turbulence of life, a stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. Mary, she came, she listened, she ignored the distractions, and she preserved Jesus. Number three for us this morning is how we make Jesus a priority is this. We target what is most important. Now, let me be very clear. I didn't say target is most important. Like I see some moms like, yeah, we're going to target after this, you know? Like, no, we target what is most important. Life's crazy. Life is wild. It's overwhelming. Luke 10, 40 says this, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. See, what gets mixed up when we're distracted, when we're not clearly uh, distributing our priorities of what's first, what's greatest in our life. What happens is we start to get overwhelmed we start to, to, to chase a thousand different tales. And then we start to bring problems to people that necessarily shouldn't be handling the problems. Look what Martha's response was. She says, Lord, you fix them. It's not me. Martha instantly says, it's Mary. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. See, what also happens is this. We start to grow a bitterness in our life. Uh, they're not holding up their end. I'm cleaning, I'm working, I'm doing all the, the tangible items. And they're over here saying, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to enjoy Jesus. It's fascinating how when we look at this scripture, we then start to see how Martha imposes her responsibility on others. Hey, God called me to this. God's leading me to do this. I've signed up for this. Now you should also listen and do what I do. I don't know if you have a marriage relationship. That is very easy to do when you're, when you're with your spouse. You're very much, hey, we're doing this. Why aren't, why, why aren't you working as hard as I am? Why aren't you doing some of the things that I'm doing? If you have friendships or if you have coworkers, they, they don't go the extra mile like I do. So it's what happens when we don't make Jesus our priority. We start to impose and uh, push off our responsibility. We start to let emotions seep into our lives. 
Bitterness take root and it grows and we can't get past it. See, we always have to constantly be fighting to target the most important priority, and that's Jesus in our life. It's estimated by digital marketing experts that there are 4,000 to 10,000 ads we receive on the daily. That's a lot of saying no, a lot of saying no, and saying, where do I find my yes? Where do I find my yes? Britt and I, uh, we value raising our children to love Jesus and to continually love Jesus. So there's a study, maybe you're familiar with it if you've maybe been at church for some time or maybe you're a first-time guest here and you haven't heard this. They say 70 to 80% of people between the ages of 18 and 25 turn from their faith. Startling. It's been around for some time. Recently, Barna Research, they did another study where it says, okay, we know that this majority turn away from their faith. What do we know about the, the minority that has stayed with their faith? One of the fascinating traits of those is that they had family dinner at least four times a week. I was like, oh, wow, that's impressive. I'm like, Britt, we're only clocking in maybe two times. So we had to come back and, and look at our life and say, hey, between the running with the kids, between church, between other obligations and family outings, are we having our moment to, to maybe address our family to sit around a table together? Why? Because we want our children to go and grow in the ways of the Lord. Not just when they're 18 and out of our house, or maybe for some of you it's like 77 and they're still living in your house. We'll talk later. Pastor Steve Anderson's a great counselor. But the point is we have to adapt some of these situations, some of these, these, these teaching moments and principles so that we can raise children, lead a better life for me and Brittany. Like that's what we've had to do. So it makes us say, hey, what do I need to do to target what is most important? If family dinner is most important, what do I need to shuffle in my schedule? John 3.30 says this from John the Baptist when he's preceding Jesus, says this, he must increase, but I must decrease. It is a constant fight to keep Jesus and the sinner and Jesus first. Number four for us as we prepare to wrap up is this. We make Jesus our priority by receiving correction and direction. Receiving correction and direction. From confrontation to discipline to simply becoming a better person, correction and direction is essential in our lives. Luke 10, 41, look how Jesus responds. And it's this soft voice when you read this narrative. It says, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. See, we can assume and infer because Martha called Jesus Lord that she knew who Jesus was. She trusted Jesus. She wasn't perfect. She welcomed him but she's receiving this correction. See, correction is addressing the issue. How many of us know we all got some issues in this life? We all have some issues that we battle with. Maybe it's our attitude. Maybe it's 
maybe our possessiveness. Pastor Goss last week talked about selfishness and, and how to break that. We all have some issues. We have to be willing to open harm and say, hey, I'll receive that correction. I love how one mother put it. She had to correct her child. She says, we were driving in the car when my nine-year-old son suddenly started screaming, it burns, it burns. We frantically tried to figure out what was hurting, and he blew something out of his nose. I picked it up, and my son had stuck a mint cough drop up his nose because it was for congestion, and he thought it would clear his nasal stuffiness. Mom said, I almost peed my pants laughing as I tried to explain that's not how it works. Correction. Correction's essential in our life. But see, correction isn't just saying, hey, don't do this, don't do that. Like we have a Lord and Savior in our life, and maybe you're in here and you know there's some things that just aren't adding up, that you're looking for answers, that you're seeking them, that you're saying, hey, I want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, to welcome him into my life and make him the leader and ruler of my life. But we fundamentally believe here, it's not just correction. What happens is when you tell someone, don't do this, don't do that, then it becomes this legalistic mentality, this legalistic relationship. And you and I know that living in a legalistic relationship of the do's and don'ts and can'ts isn't life-giving. But this is what Jesus points back to. He, he corrects Martha, and then he points her over to this tangible example. And her name's Mary. Luke 10, 42 says this, But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. It's this direction. So I don't know if you're, you see it, but there's this moment when we're corrected, but then once we're corrected, what do we do? How do we respond? How do we navigate that circumstance? And Jesus says, make it about him. Correction and direction. As we wrap up, I, I love Mother's Day and I love celebrating and honoring those worth celebrating and honoring. And I, I think it's essential. Even Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians is about celebrating them, encouraging them. Some of us in this place, but or excuse me, let me let me rewind. The reason we're in this place is is to help others meet and become followers of Jesus Christ, making Jesus the priority. So as we wrap up, there's those in this place that know that something just isn't adding up and are seeking a direction in their life and that direction is Jesus. Here in just a moment, Pastor Chris will give some concluding remarks about what it means to fill out a communication card and I just want to continue to highlight that, continue to look at that. You might be searching for answers. There might be a lot of problems. There might be a lot of confusion. Martha, she had anxiety. She was distracted, a lot of craziness. But what calms that craziness down is making Jesus the priority in every area of our life. I love how one of my self-taught favorite theologians says, he puts it this way, as God is exalted at the right place in our lives, 
a thousand problems are solved all at once. When you put God in that place, your problems will be pushed aside because you're handling it, you're handing them to him and you're saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming in my life. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for giving me hope. Thank you for giving me mercy. Thank you for giving me grace. Jesus, you're gonna be the priority of my life. And for that, there's an ease. For that, there's a burden, church, relieved from our lives. So I wanna encourage you, no matter where you're at, mom, dad, son, daughter, make Jesus the priority in your life. So we're gonna pray real quick. I'm gonna ask every head to bow and eye closed. And if you're willing to make Jesus the priority in your life, just say, Jesus, I wanna be in this place. I wanna be in this position to make you the priority. That I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes, but I'm giving those over to you and believing in you and you must start this faith journey. Church, let's pray this morning. God, right now, for every head bowed, for every eye closed, I pray that you move in our lives, touch those right now, making a decision to make you the priority right now for the first time in their life. Lead them, guide them, give them the encouragement, give them the hope. And right now, specifically, Lord, we also wanna lift up those special ladies in our life, the mothers of our life. We're so grateful for them, Lord. May today be a great day, a celebrated day, a day of honor to those who are worthy and, and notable of that honor. God, we give you today and we say thank you for being our priority. And in your great and holy name, we all say, Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.